You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning, Hill City. You guys are great. I'm so happy that everyone's here today. Um, Happy to see everybody's bright, smiling faces. Can't see a single one because the lights are right in my bright, smiling face. But I know you're there and I know you're smiling because today's a good day. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us and we'll jump right into our message for today. Uh, Jesus, thank you for gathering everyone together today, Lord. God, we're here at your invitation. And we want to respond to that boldly. We want to step into exactly what you have for our lives. We want to uh, open our hearts to whatever you have to say to us, God. We want to hear from you. We want to dig deeper into who you are. And God, we want to grow in relationship with you every single day. So God, call us deeper, invite us deeper, and give us the boldness to, to accept that invitation, God. Give us the boldness to grow in relationship with you. Not just knowledge of, of who you are, but relationship with you, God walking with you, talking with you every day. Lord, I pray this for every single person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are in the very end, actually, of our spiritual habits series, where we discuss uh, these different habits that we, we engage in to grow in relationship with each other, and especially grow in relationship with Christ. We talked about prayer we talked about fasting, we talked about scripture reading, and today we're talking about community. So it's really great that you guys are gathered here together as a community. Look at that. It's all coming together right in the first few minutes. Uh, one of the real keys that we've been hammering in uh, throughout this series is that it's not these different spiritual habits, the scripture reading, the fasting, the praying, none of it is about, okay, we're going to check off this box. Okay, we're going we're gonna to build this, this habit because it's just, you know, this is what Christians do. So we're going to go ahead and do it too because we want to uh, look like really good Christians. That's not the goal of these spiritual habits, right? The goal is relationship. The goal is we establish a strong relationship, a strong foundation that aids us in knowing Christ deeper and doing so together. So today, we're talking about community. We're discussing how growing as a community, engaging as a community together, deepens our relationship with Christ as individuals and as a church body. And a lot of, a lot of ideas about community, we picture this right here. Sunday morning. We're all going to get together. We're going to sing songs. We're going to read scripture. We're going to talk about Jesus. And we're all going to shake hands at the end and we're going to go home. And that's great. It feels good. It's, it's a beautiful thing to gather together as the body of Christ. But community can look so much different. Every week we have community groups that meet all throughout the city. People that come together and, and bring up things that they're struggling with in life. Bring up things that, that they're happy about and just want to praise God for. And want to invite other people into that with them. We have that going on every week, and that's community as well. It's also sitting down one-on-one with someone 
and discussing, wow, you know what? I am really blown away by the things that God is, is teaching me today. I'm really blown away by the things that, that God is, is putting in my life. It's that one-on-one discipleship as well, growing in relationship with each other and with God. All of those things are these biblical community concepts that we want to walk through and we want to understand better so that we can grow in relationship with Christ. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews today. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 23. That'll be up on the screen in just a second. I'll give you a second to pull those out. It says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised it is faithful. The hope we profess. Now, when we want to hold on to that hope, we have to understand what that hope is, right? And if the promise of the hope is rooted in the person that promised it, we have to understand who he is. So let's break this down a little bit. That hope that we profess, the hope that we share, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. That hope is the, the truth, the fact, the, the core belief that forms who we are, that God loved us so much that he sent his son to live on this earth as a man, perfect life, to die on the cross for our sins, to raise three days later, to ascend into heaven, and that he has called all of us into relationship with him. That's the gospel. That's the hope that we profess, right? That we are saved through the actions of Jesus and that we can engage in real relationship with him. That's our hope. And when we, when we make that hope so core to who we are, that becomes part of our identity. That becomes so crucial to who we are. I'm not just uh, Noah wandering through this life, chasing one good day after another, or trying to dig myself out of one bad day after another. No, I am saved by the grace of Christ. That's who I am. I'm a son of God. He has invited me into that. That is the hope that I have for my life. It comes so core to who I am. The gospel becomes so overpoweringly part of my identity. That's what I want. And when we make that a core piece of our community, that's who we become as well. We become people that are so, so influenced by the truth of the gospel that we can't help but, but display that, to engage in that together. And if that hope is rooted in the promise, we have to know who promised it. Well, that one's pretty easy. That's Jesus. Jesus promised us these. He lived for, for three years, teaching, performing miracles. And through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, he has promised to come back. He has promised that, that we are no longer wandering aimlessly. We are no longer striving so hard to get to this level of almost good enough that we can engage with God. No, he took care of that. And he promised that 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 vast expanse between God and us has been crossed in his life and death and resurrection. He promised it. And I believe things that Jesus promised to us. That might be a radical view. Call me crazy, 
But when Jesus promises something, I believe it. So we share in this identity of the gospel. And it is rooted in this person of Jesus. And it changes the way that we engage with each other. It changes the way that we, we see each other. We're even referred to is, as the, the body of Christ, right? That's in uh, the book of Romans. And it, it talks about how uh, you know, the hand cannot say to the eye, I don't need you. We might be very different. We might have very different skills, but, but we come together and we form this, this body of Christ that is one. This community that we form is not just a, a loose band of people that show up on Sunday and then go their separate ways and, all right, see you again in a week, everybody. And we come together and we form this body of Christ that we can engage in together. And the more that we, we chase Christ together, the more that we learn about him as individuals, we learn about him as a community as well. When, Christ is, when the, the gospel of Christ is my identity, it's your identity, it's your identity, and we come together and we, we start chasing that identity together more fully, we learn different aspects of it. We learn different natures that God has given to each of us that more accurately reflect him. See, when individual identity is the gospel, our collective identity is Christ. It is the body of Christ. That's who we are. So if we truly engage in that, if we lean into that, if we believe and strive to be one body, then we should probably also have a, a good idea of where that body is going. We should have a collective goal, right? So if we look forward to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I don't like the word spur one another on. I don't like it because that sounds painful. The Bible said it, so I'm going to I I'm going to keep it. It's going to stay there. But it sounds painful. You guys know what spurs are? Little <laughs> cowboys wear them on the back of their their heels. They kick the horses. It's their motivation. Horses are stubborn. I don't know if you guys have worked with them much, but they are stubborn creatures. But a little kick with some spiky spurs right here in the, the hips, that'll get anyone moving, right? So when it says spur one another on, that doesn't sound comfortable to me. I don't want Mike kicking me, especially not with spurs on. Doesn't sound comfortable. Sometimes that's what community is. Sometimes when we gather together, when we chase Christ together, when we engage in this collective identity of, of the gospel and I'm going to root myself so firmly on this truth, sometimes it can cause conflict. Sometimes it can, it can cause us to, to realize things about our life that are not lining up with this, this truth that God has called us to. And those things can hurt. And trust me, they hurt worse when you actually try and do something about it. 
and you actively try and, and lean into what God is showing you and say, all right, God, this is going to be painful. I'm going to have to deal with some stuff in my life, but I'm going to do it with you. And I'm going to trust that the people that you've put in my life with me, they can help me with that. I'm going to trust that, that when I, I'm engaged with in, in this community that loves God first and loves me second, that when they are pushing me, they're pushing me towards good things. Because that's who you are. And we spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We are iron sharpening iron. It's from the book of Proverbs. If you've ever seen iron sharpening iron, there are always sparks. It is a violent process. There's heat, sparks, shards of metal going everywhere. But the end result is perfectly honed. It is perfectly formed for the purpose. And our purpose is to live more like Christ. It's to lean into that relationship of of us and Jesus and all of us together and Jesus. It is to lean into that and be more like Christ tomorrow than we are today. And if that means that every now and then Mike's going to need to to kick me in the hips to get me to go in the right direction. Or Josh is going to have to call me out and say, hey, I know that you are not living this life. No, that wasn't an invitation to kick me. I just asked you to kick that eye. (laughs) Can you? Okay. He said he can. But I know that when they're, they're calling me out on that, they love God a lot more than they love me. So they're calling me to lean into that relationship more. They're calling me to, to shear off those, those bits of me that are keeping me from, from fully engaging in what God has for me. And my goodness, I might be missing out on some really beautiful things in my life if I'm missing out on what God has for me. I don't want to do that. And they don't want that for me. I don't want that for them. I don't want that for any of you. I want you to, to get to the end of your life and to take Josh's uh, saying that he, he's quoted from the stage so much. I want to get to the end of my life and say, wow, Jesus, you had me do amazing things. You had me talk to people and, and watch lives change. And I couldn't have done that if I hadn't leaned into the conflict, leaned into the, the challenges that you put in my way. And one of those biggest challenges is community. It's getting along. God knew that it would be the case. And that's why he gave us this beautiful commandment. John chapter 15, Jesus himself says this. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. I could make this sermon really, really simple. Just put this verse on the screen and say, we do this. We engage in community because God said so. And guess what? That would be enough. God said so is a really good argument. But I also want to help, help us engage in this willingly, not just because we're told to. So understand this. Loving one another is impossible in isolation. It's really difficult if you want to try and 
love each other, love your community, to follow God's command of love one another, and you look around and there's no one there. It's really difficult to love one another when you're the only one in the room. It's really difficult to gather together as the body of Christ to pursue the identity of of gospel-centered relationship if we never gather together as the body of Christ. If we never sit across from one another and hear what God is doing. If we never sit across from one another and, and talk about the amazing things that God is doing in our life. It's impossible to love one another in isolation. And that brings us to to verse 25 in Hebrews 10. It says this, Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. It's a little bit of a call out. Coming from Hebrews, not from me. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So that call out wasn't meant to be, ooh, look at all these people doing something wrong. Shun them. Do not let them come closer. It's the exact opposite. See the people that are are not in this room. Reach out to them. Reach out to them. Tell them that you noticed that they weren't here. Not in a way of, of, ooh, you sinner, you're worse than me. No. In a way of, I love you. I want to love you more. I want to engage in this community more with you. I want to see you. Let's get coffee sometime. This call out is not a a shame thing. It says encouraging one another. It is an encouragement to be invited deeper into relationship with Christ and deeper into relationship with Christ's people. That is a good thing that we should strive for. You know, one of the, the... Metaphors that Jesus uses constantly throughout his, uh, his sermons, his teachings, is a metaphor of himself as the good shepherd, right? What does that make us? Sheep. If he's the good shepherd, we are his sheep, and I got to tell you something. I don't want this to offend you. This is from Jesus, and I'm just, just expanding on his metaphor. Sheep are kind of dumb, okay? I don't know if you've ever interacted with them at all, not much going on behind the eyes, right? They're also the easiest prey in the world, hands down. They have no way of defending themselves. They have no way of, of hiding and evading. They're massive and fluffy. They're not hiding anywhere. If they were green, they could pass for a bush, but they're not, so they can't. So when Jesus uses this metaphor of he is the shepherd, we are the sheep, we have to understand that The sheep's protection is the shepherd and the flock. Jesus says often about uh, the 99 sheep that stayed, but the one that went away, well, he had to go get that one that went away because if he didn't, it would die alone because they're dumb. They fall into rocks and they get trapped and they can't get out because there's not much going on in their brains. So Jesus tells us, if we're sheep, stay together. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This sounds dramatic. 
This sounds, this sounds over the top and, and spiritual warfare and all that, but guess what? It's the truth. It's the truth. When you, when you isolate yourself, when I draw back and I start saying, you know what, I'll, I'll go to church, but I'll do it online. You start saying, you know what, I, I don't want to go to community group. I have a lot going on in my life right now, and I just, I don't want to put that on the table. You start saying, you know what, I know that this person wants to meet with me, but I know that they're just going to talk about God the whole time, and they're going to they're gonna bring up ways that make me feel like I'm falling short. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You say, you know what, I, I used to, to pray with my spouse, but you know what, that's just, that's a lot of work. And, and she's starting to bring up stuff that I don't, I don't want to deal with in our relationship. Find yourself an easy target. Find yourself cut off from the body itself. When you're out here alone, when you're isolated, you're easy prey. You're easy prey. These spiritual habits that we've started talking about these past few weeks, start seeing them drop off one after another. Start realizing, wow, I haven't read my Bible in months. Wow, I used to have an amazing prayer life and I haven't prayed in months. And even when I do, it's just for, for dinner. It's just a recited prayer that, that you know, I, I learned as a kid. I haven't spoken to my community in months. You find yourself angry, depressed, anxious about life itself. And you start looking at the pattern and you say, wow, I, I cut myself off. And I thought I was just pulling back a little bit from, from all these people that were hassling me, trying to get me to be a better Christian. What you don't realize is that it was actually cutting yourself off from the love of one another. It's cutting yourself off from the ability to love others and be loved by others the way Christ loves us. That's a dangerous place to be. That's a vulnerable place to be. And that's not what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to, to be together, to encourage one another, because life is hard. Life is going to throw everything at you, hold nothing back. When you're back there on your own, there's no one to step in and say, wait, wait, wait. You got this. Better yet, we got this. <coughs> Jesus says when, when two or more are gathered together in his name, there he is. If you're trying to go through life with everything that it's hurling at you and you're back there on your own, you're dealing with it on your own. But when you can come alongside the body of Christ and they can say, hey, Jesus is with us. We're going to attack this life with everything we've got. We're going to love each other with everything we've got. That is an entirely different fight, I can promise you, because I've been there. <coughs> we are meant, like Hebrews 10.25 says, to encourage one another. 
to chase after the community whose goal is Christ, whose identity is the gospel, who are constantly moving in the direction of growth. That's what we're meant to do. And we can't do that in isolation. And when we gather together, the goal is not simply to survive. It's not simply to, okay, let's get through this. Okay, let's, let's get through this and, and on to the next month where the budget resets and we can figure out it, figure everything out then. All right, let's get through this, this struggle so that, so that tomorrow we can wake up and, and start again. And the workday is going to still be there. The chores are still going to be there. No, it's to encourage one another. As we see the day approaching. Could you put Hebrews 10.25 back up, please? As we see the day approaching. That day is the day of the Lord's return. That day is, is the day that we are all truly joined together as the body of Christ. And Christ is there with us. Physically. That's the day that they are referring to. So in our encouragement, it's not, okay, let's gut it out and get through this. Okay, let's, let's just stiffen our necks and we will, we will bear whatever life throws at us. No. The encouragement is unity with Jesus. The encouragement of the body of Christ is to be more like Christ. Through all of this, through the, the struggles, through the, the iron sharpening iron, through the spurring one another on, the goal is always Jesus. As a community, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Always. That's the goal. That's why we're here today. When you gather in your community groups, that's why you're there. So that together, we can keep our eyes on Jesus. Together, we can be the body that is defined by him. And together, we can engage in loving one another. Not just the way that he has commanded us, but the way that he has demonstrated for us. I'll never find anyone that's better at loving than Jesus. Promise. So that's our goal. This spiritual habit of community, it's not so we can have a good time together. It's not so we can go to barbecues together. That's fun. It's great. A concert in two, three weeks, that's going to be so much fun. That's not the goal of community itself. Unless Jesus is there. Unless we are actively engaging with him. That's who we are. That's why we engage in community. And a little bit later, we're going to take communion. We're going to do it differently today. We're going to take it together as a community to remind ourselves where our eyes are fixed. So I'm going to go ahead and invite the, the band back up. Just Mike. I'm going to invite Mike back up. Because he does such a good job. <laughs> Hey, you got an applause. <laughs> We're going to continue in our service. We're going to continue worshiping. And as we do, I, I, I want you guys to consider where, 
where you are drawing back from community, where you're engaging in community fully. Go to God with these questions. Ask him where there's more that he has for you. And if you have questions, if, you, if you're coming back from that conversation with Jesus and you're saying, you know what, I think, I think he said, go to someone that loves Jesus and loves you and ask them too. Ask them to walk with you through that. Ask them to pray for you through that. It's what we do as community. We spur each other on and encourage each other to be more like Jesus, to engage more with Jesus. So take advantage of the fact that there are people around you that love God and love you. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. I encourage you guys to have those conversations with Jesus today. Father, thank you for gathering us together. Thank you that we get to read your word, hear your voice, worship you. And God, I am so thankful that we get to do that as, as a community, as one body, with our eyes fixed on you. Lord, please help us to, to take advantage of every opportunity that you've given us to love you, to love one another in your name, to be more like you. God, let us step out boldly and pursue you with everything that we have. God, as we go into a time of worship, let us fix our eyes on you. Let us hear from you deeper. Let us pour out praise to you completely. God, I pray that you, you reach down and you, you touch each one, each one here and encourage us to chase you fully together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church.